Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What is your favorite holiday cookie? 651-641-1071. Tis the season. Ho, ho, ho. Give us a call at 651-641-1071 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Hello. trainer. Hello. Uh, and uh, let's remind people why we're talking about cookies. Yep. Uh, we want to know your favorite holiday cookie because the Star Tribune just announced their holiday cookie contest winner for 2021. It sounds a little interesting. I'm just going to say that it's a Minnesota interesting, but apparently it's really good. And I have full faith in uh, Rick Nelson over at the Star Tribune and the team behind their annual holiday cookie contest, which, by the way, they're in their 20th or 19th year um, of their annual this? cookie contest. I don't know. But uh, if you are a holiday cookie lover, I can highly suggest their um, they have like an online catalog, essentially, like an archive Ooh. of over a hundred uh, holiday recipes. Just head to StarTribune.com. I think it's just best holiday cookies or something. Anyway, if you just go to Star Tribune, you'll find it. But this year's uh, holiday cookie winner was announced, and it just got me thinking about all of the amazing, delightful holiday cookies that this time of year mm. brings to bear. And in fact, I've already had some. My mom made um, a fresh batch of snickerdoodles oh, to kick off the holiday lucky. season over um, the Thanksgiving holiday. This year's, by the way, 651-641-1071, this year's uh, winner for the holiday cookie contest was Cynthia Baxter of Minneapolis and her lemon rosemary creams. I w- okay, I will just say right now, I want to jump through the screen and eat that. Doesn't it look pretty? It looks gorgeous, and I can just, it just looks really good. I um, I don't know, like, apparently, everybody who's tried, I shouldn't say everybody, but, like, uh, from the reading of the story of these cookies, everybody thinks they're amazing. I am a little Minnesota uncomfortable about rosemary on my cookies. Yeah. Because shortbread, lemon, cream... All of those things, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, but apparently they're good. Now, here's the really cool thing. If if you don't want to like make this yourself, mm-hmm. Lunds and Byerly's <gasps> is going to have, uh, I think they have them on shelves already and they'll be there. Um, let me see if I can find it. I don't know how long they'll be on the shelves over at Lunds and Byerly's, but you can try their version of this holiday cookie. Ooh, that's kind of cool. So you don't have to make it yourself. And I think they do that pretty much every year as well. So I love that. Um, again, let us know what yours is. I uh, was just scrolling through all of the ones earlier today, and there are so many on here. I'm like, I want to try that. I want to try that. Well, that's the other thing. That. I mean, let's be honest. Like, good photography will make you want to yeah. eat just about anything you see. And I do trust. And it all looks good. I do trust 
trust Rick Nelson because he knows a thing or two about cookies and um, he's been doing this for umpty foo years. So like if he picks a cookie or if they pick a cookie over at the Star Tribune, I feel like you're in your... You're, You're going to do hands. well to to trust that recipe. Yeah, 651-641-1071. What is your favorite holiday cookie? We've got Mary on the line. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. What's your favorite holiday cookie? Well, uh, we have a family recipe that's called anise oil cookies. And anise is kind of like black licorice yeah. Yeah. Know, flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, when I grew up, you would get the anise oil from the pharmacist oh. because they used it for flavoring medication like cough medicine. Oh. Wow. And, um, you know, now it's a little harder to get your hands on. But these cookies are so good and they get even better with age. They're good if you make them like two or three weeks before Christmas. Oh, wow. Oh, sure. So the oil kind of age in them and... And it's full of spices with, you know, nutmeg and cinnamon and mace. And um, I I imagine, Mary, I imagine you have to kind of like that black licorice flavor, though, before you can go face first into a pile of these. Yeah. Yeah. But there, but, you know, it's kind of like the anise isn't necessarily that strong in it. Right. Sure. Um, They're just a good spicy Mm. cookie. Oh, yeah. And the best thing about it is you roll them and cut them. And um, my grandmother used to make them. My mother made them. But mom used to make a batch of the dough and put his kids in the kitchen and say, make cookies. And then she'd wrap Christmas presents while we were busy oh, that's making cookies. Genius. That sounds delightful. And, I love it. Right. And and the, the the good thing about it is is you can keep rolling them and adding more flour, and they're just going to get crisper. Oh. <laughs> so kids can't ruin them. I love that. So, Mary, thank you. Yeah. Thank you Not so much, Mary. Not only uh, for that walk down memory lane, but also for that great tip. Yeah. Because that's a really good way to get kids out of your hair when you're busy trying to wrap their presents. Yeah, make them make some cookies. Right? 651-641-1071. What's your favorite holiday cookie? Do you have a favorite holiday cookie, Colleen? I, well, I have like a few, but like if I were to think about, like my favorite to make is krumkaka. That's like a, that's a family tradition. So and my daughter and I do people that. people who have no clue what that means. What's a krumkaka? So krumkaka is... Oh, I'm sorry. Krumkaka. Is a Norwegian cookie. And it means, it literally means crumb cake. And it's a rolled... Uh, so it's a very crumbly, thin, almost lacy kind oh, okay. of cookie that you roll around a cone. And it looks like a cannoli. and like It looks like a really delicate, badly done cannoli. Yeah. And you can fill it. We don't at my house. Okay. Um, you just eat them plain. You just eat them plain. Um, but that's my like favorite. a waffle from, cookie almost. Kind of. It's right? like, that's my nostalgic kind of love cookie. But But the cookie that I cannot get enough of, that I would eat constantly if they were available to me is yeah. russian tea cake oh yeah those are good cookies so with all the powdered good. sugar i mean yes and uh almonds or pecans i guess like i'll be honest spritz cookies are fun to look at but i no. they just are dumb <laughs> i mean i don't know that any cookie is dumb but i get what you're saying right um it doesn't sing to me there's nothing flashy about it brian do you have a favorite holiday cookie I do like a good snickerdoodle, oh, of course. Right. Um, I have a peanut allergy, so I can't have like too many like, different oh. varieties. You know? Oh gosh, so, so you got to be real picky during the holidays. Exactly. Don't you? So yeah. I'm like snickerdoodles and sugar cookies for me. Yeah. So. That's basically it. Oh, yeah. so you can't have. What about peanut butter? 
Nope. Ugh. Can't add. Yeah, no. oh, that's, that's awkward. I know. Very tough. I'm sorry. Very tough. <laughs> More cookies for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I think of like those thumbprint cookies and oh, those yeah. are usually peanut butter. Oh, yeah. The ones but with the... I won't bring those for you, Brian. With the Hershey Kiss on the top. Is that what you're thinking yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, um, I would say, I mean, honestly, I the nostalgic cookie for me is the cornflake wreath cookies. Oh, yeah. My mom makes those and they're vile, but they're, you know, they just remind me of oh, childhood. Oh, they're so good. Um, it's just basically like a Rice Krispie treat. Um, but cookie wise, I mean, again, I think snickerdoodles probably my favorite because you it's just, also have talked about your mom's snickerdoodles too. Like yeah. she must make really good. They are. I mean, they're really simple. She changed her recipe this year. And I, I, I like most people would probably not be so assertive, but I was like, can you never do that again? Yeah. Go back to the because old way. She, she was like, I know I, I did something different. Cause I found this recipe is like mother. You've been making these cookies for a hundred years. Yeah, if it ain't broke. Don't change the recipe. Right. She put way too much cinnamon. It was not a bad, I mean, bad cookies are still good. They're still cookies. Yeah, they're still cookies, right? Right, cookies. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. We've got Robin on the line. Robin, what's your favorite holiday cookie? Okay, Colleen, you just said spritz cookies were dumb. Yeah. I'm going to beg to differ with you, sweetheart. <laughs> Spritz cookies are amazing if you make them correctly, and also if you put a light almond glaze on them. Okay, Ooh, yes. I'm here I'm for here your for almond that. glaze, for they sure, Robin. Beyond. I have made those for people, and they're like, okay, what are they? Yeah. They, like, melt in your mouth. So when I was in high school, my girlfriends and I would go to a movie Thanksgiving night, and my mom and I would bake these cookies and we, instead of popcorn, we would have little brown bags filled with these cookies. Oh, okay. Sounds that sounds great. Feel free to send them to the station. Thank you. I will. You got it. Robin, thank you so much. I will say, like, I think that we probably just had a really bad spritz recipe, and they would always get burned on the bottom, and you never oh. knew what you were going to put in your mouth. And they were just kind of chalky and crumbly, but, you know, they looked cool. So maybe I just was led yeah. astray with the recipe. To be fair, but I would eat Robin's and I'm here for any kind of almond glaze. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Tori Spelling has trust issues. So do I with her. That's what I was going to say. I think we all need to accept that Tori's trust issues are very much from us to her. But we're going to talk about her trust issues when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Well, Tori Spelling has some huge trust issues. Um, This is the Colleen and Bradley show. No, in fact, actually. I think we do too, right? Um, I talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, meaning we have trust issues with Tori Spelling. Yeah. So, okay, I want to lay the groundwork for what the current story is. But then what I really wanted to do, because I realize we keep referring to this old story and we really haven't walked through, we haven't taken a walk down memory lane okay. about um, the story about Emily Goodhand and Dean McDermott. So, which will all become clear in a second. So Tori Spelling, uh, this is a people exclusive, which means what, Bradley? That Tori Spelling called people and said, here's a story for exactly. you. Exactly. Tori Spelling, quote, still has major trust issues after Dean McDermott's cheating scandal, say sources. Uh, quote, they've grown apart, says the source of the couple who are parents to their five children. They have issues that are hard to remedy, and they don't have the same relationship they once did. Things have been chilly between them. Blah, blah, blah. But this insider basically traces all of Tori Spelling's trust issues to the affair 
that allegedly Dean McDermott had in 2013 with somebody by the name of Emily Goodhand. Mm-hmm. Quote, Tori still has major trust issues. Part of their relationship was never fully repaired after he was unfaithful. Now, we keep on talking about this story, and I think it's important for us to take a trip all the way down memory lane and remind people of that 2013 cheating scandal. Well, it seems like just yesterday. It really does. And the story is essentially that Dean McDermott was off shooting a, a show in Canada, and Tori Spelling became aware of the fact that he had cheated on her with somebody on set named Emily Goodhand. Now the internet did what the internet does. And the internet was like, we got to find out who this Emily Goodhand is. And in fact, they even did a full spread. I believe in us magazine sharing exclusive stories of this affair. There were pictures of Tori walking around looking forlorn uh, there was a, a take on, you know, Dean McDermott being very sad and remorseful about it. But nobody could ever find any record of Emily Goodhand. Yeah. However, Emily Goodhand, 28, came out publicly to Us Weekly in December about the affair. But still, nary an Emily Goodhand to be found by the rest of us. Yeah. And well, Emily Goodhand was, has just sort of disappeared into thin air. Wasn't there like an actual Emily Goodhand who was like, that's not me. Will you guys stop making this a thing? It's not me. So there's a copywriter named Emily Goodhand uh, on Twitter who writes about literally language and copy editing. And people went after her like, you're Emily Goodhand. And she was like, hi, yep, my name is Emily Goodhand. I don't even live in Canada. I think she's British. She's like, I'm not that Emily Goodhand. So the point in all of this is this. It's a lie. We've been burned by Tori Spelling before. Well, just like Benny Hanna burned Tori Spelling. Mm, Bernie Hanna. Truly, she has completely fabricated an entire unfaithful relationship to promote her career. And now she wants us to believe that she is the one with trust issues. Yeah. So like the, the, the thing about Tori Spelling and I can hear people out there who say, but you guys, why are you keep giving her attention? Like Debbie, like Debbie, Debbie, we're Downer. sorry. We, no, we told Downer, you, Debbie. we told you we were going to talk about it, Debbie, but um, you know, I get it. I get why that's a reaction, but here's the thing. Tori Spelling is doing in artfully what many celebrities do well. So well, in fact, that you don't even realize that that's what they're doing or up until very recently, most people didn't appreciate that. That's what most celebrities will do up to and including Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, like, what? They lied to us? Yes, because it's what celebrities do. I would just like to remind you, do me a simple favor. Tell me what uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina, well, not Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, for example, what do they do for a living? I mean, Angelina does this too, but what do they do for a living? They're actors. Okay. Remind me again what this acting thing is you speak mm, of. Thank you for asking, Bradley. What actors do is they pretend to be people that they aren't. That's their job, right? Right. So is it such a stretch of the imagination to think that the art of make-believe uh, extends, into extends their beyond just, you know, from the bounds of like their limited like workplace like it's so you guys this has been going on since the very beginning of acting 
people use relationships for publicity purposes. Yes. It is just a thing. So my whole point in saying the thing that we keep saying over and over again in this context is because it's just that Tori Spelling is bad at it. Right. But other celebrities do it. That's why like that's why I love Tori Spelling stories because she gives us the obvious like so I can prove to you or I, I at least can now make the argument. Well, if Tori Spelling is doing it, do you really think and we've acknowledged that Tori Spelling is horrible at this. She's really bad. Let's at look it. at an actor who's really good at their job. Maybe, maybe an actor like that is also capable of doing well that which Tori Spelling cannot do well. True. Meaning, Tori Spelling is but the, like, she's just... She's like the monkeys to the Beatles. She's the monkeys to the Beatles. Yes. I mean, listen, the monkeys were great for what they were, but they were no Beatles. No. Uh, but I think the Beatles were actually, like, real musicians. But I think you're... An, I understand your analogy, and I think that that's the point, is that there are... People who publishship poorly, and it's not just publishships, right? Like, but in this case, it is because really, Tori Spelling. The only thing we're talking about is her and, and Dean McDermott. Um, there are celebrities who do that poorly, and then there are celebrities who are sort of like mediocre. See mm-hmm. uh, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra, yeah. and then there are celebrities who do it very well. I would say like a Brad Pitt, or like a yeah. I was even going to say Benefer or Gennifer if we were staying in the realm of relationships. I don't think they're good at it anymore. I think they're lazy and they have forgotten who they are. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got dumb people doing dumb things. Crazy, stupid idiots. Idiot. After this on My Talk 1071. Dumb people doing dumb things. We do love to tell you about them right here on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And these are your crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then. I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. And sometimes other places. Trying to hit that base. Like? (laughs) Like where? Like, oh, it's me, Chicago. Like Chicago. So we're going to Chicago. We're going to meet 25-year-old Jordan Lindsay. And Jordan Lindsay got arrested last week. Now, this goes in a file. Sometimes we have brands of crazy, stupid idiots, right? Like the person who, like the, you know, the Tim Horton pooper, for example. That happened. That did happen once. Um, this is of a. This is sort of goes in a file. This, okay. This file is the tattoo file. Okay, so he had a regrettable tattoo. Yeah, or just a tattoo that didn't make so much sense with the crime that happened. Okay. Or the thing that happened. Um, so Jordan Lindsay was driving a thirty-year-old minivan last week, a nineteen ninety-two GMC Safari, with a nice maroon paint job, and he decided to get intoxicated and drive that vehicle. Bad choice. Super bad choice. Um, and the choice got worse when he flipped that minivan. There were no other cars involved in the accident. He was the only one, and he's lucky he's okay. However, he is facing multiple charges, including DUI. He also didn't have insurance, and so the minivan also wasn't registered, and he had a suspended license, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. Now, remember, I told you this is of a 
of a piece. Uh, he had a regrettable tattoo or a tattoo that didn't quite match the crime. Yep. What did I tell you he was driving? A minivan. Uh, he's got a tattoo on his face, and that tattoo is? A minivan. A tes- Tesla. He very much is not driving a Tesla. He was driving a GMC minivan. Uh, it's a good thing because I don't think you'd look pretty cool if you had a minivan tattoo on your face. I gotta be honest. You don't look cool with a Tesla one either. Yeah. I don't know. What does it look like? Can we see it? Uh, yeah. Here, I'll show you the mug shot right here. Hold on. Oops, oops, oops. It's taking me all kinds of places. Oh, yeah. That's a Did Tesla you find tattoo. Him? That's a Tesla tattoo right there on his facial region. Anyway, he does not have a Tesla. Best of luck to him. Hopefully one day he'll achieve his dreams. He's got a lot of tattoos. He does. He does. Mm -hmm. He has uh, lots of tattoos and other adornments. Don't drink and drive, kids. Oh, big time. Also, if you are not able to drive a Tesla, maybe don't get it tattooed on your face. Although I appreciate the humor and the irony of having a Tesla tattoo while you're driving. Well, you know, he's aspirational. Right. Emphasis like hoping, on the first syllable. He's hoping someday to be driving a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet aim right high. now he's hoping to be driving at some point. Right. Because uh, he's probably not going to have those privileges yeah. for a while. Bye. Uh, that was Milwaukee. Chicago. I mean, it's close. Whatever. Same thing. Two hour drive. Um, and that would be Chicago is like in Illinois. Okay. So now yeah. we're going to go over to not far away, actually, Missouri. Oh. A couple of one state over. Um, and I want to take you to Cass County, which okay. I think we also have a Cass County in Minnesota. But is that does mama have anything to do with that? No, not okay. any longer, Sorry unfortunately. Something happened in London. Uh okay. A Cass County man is the latest to do something that will change your life forever. Okay, not really, but he's the latest to do something that earns him crazy, stupid idiot status. And it's something in the courtroom. Would you like to imagine what Mark Smith did in the courtroom last week uh, that earned him crazy, stupid, idiot status. What did he do? In, did he poo? Did no, he poo in the courtroom? There was no dookie oh, in the courtroom. <laughs> no, you just do that to bug me. Um, was it any sort of bodily fluid? No. No. Okay. It actually is. Yeah. No. Okay. Did he? Was it something? He does s- involve fluid. Oh. But not a body fluid. Okay, I was going to ask if he said something in particular. Mm-hmm. Did he throw a beverage? A hot beverage or otherwise? Proverbially under the bus, yes. But no, he did not actually throw a mm. beverage. Okay. Um, he sued a beverage. Oh. Was it an uh, alcohol beverage? No. Was it a coffee? It was. <gasps> he sued coffee? He Rude. literally is the latest person, apparently this is a thing, to oh. sue. Do you know about this? No. But people love to get mad at coffee. Right? Well, why do they typically get mad at coffee? it's too hot. Yeah. Well, that's not why he sued Folgers. So Mark Smith sued Folgers uh, Coffee and its parent company, Smucker, mm-hmm. the J.M. Smucker Company. Because they lied about how many cups they had. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear this story? No, but I felt this before. Oh, what do you mean you felt this I've... before? Sometimes I think when I have a canister of Folgers or something and it says this many cups in it, I'm like, that, how do you know? 
that it doesn't look like that amount. Well, you should maybe sue uh, Folgers. Is this a class action situation? It is a class action lawsuit. Now, he contends that Folgers have grossly misrepresented the number of cups of coffee that can be made from its canister, which I think is like the most absurd thing in the world. Who look, first of all, I would have no idea looking no. at a canister how many cups they would allege I am going to make. Because here's what I know about coffee. I always make way too much, mm-hmm. or I, I use way too much coffee in each pot. Mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to use what, like a tablespoon, tablespoon per, per cup. cup? I use two tablespoons per cup and then often oh, add to that. Okay, that'll get you going. Yeah. I was actually going to say, uh, who actually counts? That was my real question. Because like, I'll look at it and I'll be like, it, it usually is after the first pot that I go, hold on a second. I just used a whole lot of coffee. I bet, you know, this something's off here. But I don't actually count. So Mark Smith filed a lawsuit last week in U.S. District Court in Kansas City seeking class action status, uh, contending that Folgers and Smucker have, quote, grossly represented the number of cups of coffee. Now, they say it's a classic or he says it's a classic bait and switch scheme that causes unsuspecting consumers to spend more money for less than the advertised amount of coffee. I mean, don't you just know how much is in a I don't know. I I guess I've never looked to see how many cups of coffee are you're supposed to get out of a thing of Folgers. I mean, I'm also just going to go ahead and say I don't usually buy Folgers. I you know what? I will say if you are looking for that kind of coffee to buy like you'd want to be economical about your coffee, Folgers Colombian roast. If I did buy Folgers, that's what I would buy. And actually you were the one that told me that. Yeah, my mom is the one that told me that originally and sh- and I Darn, she was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the regular Folgers, they mix a bunch of coffees together. The Colombian, it's just 100% Colombian coffee. Thank Lovely. you, Folgers. Thank you. Feel free to sponsor our show. But anyway, this lawsuit is just apparently the latest in a bunch of claims. Based on mathematical calculations, the lawsuit contends that 42 varieties of Folgers coffee canisters, also there are 42 canisters of coffee or different kinds of coffee from Folgers, thought there were maybe like five. Are they uh, talking about sizes too? Like 42 varieties, and- oh, okay. it says, of okay. Folgers coffee canisters contain enough ground coffee on average to make only 68.29% of the number of servings promised. Mm. What I find interesting, though, and apparently um, a federal judge agreed with Folgers in some of these cases, that... Uh, Well, here's what they found. Up to a certain number of cups of coffee would lead a reasonable consumer to expect that the actual number of cups of coffee is probably less. So up to does not mean it has to be that amount, Uh, which is, I guess, like a weasel word to get out of, you know. But the thing that I would just simply say to Mr. Smith and anybody who wanted to sue Folgers also... You're going to spend money to sue Folgers? Okay, do you have nothing better to do? Um, Doesn't everybody make coffee different? Right, and so the only thing I can imagine is they would have to argue that if you make it as directed on the canister, that 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 is true, that there's less than they claim. One makes a single serving by using six ounces of cold water and one tablespoon of coffee. That's the method... Apparently, I'm thinking, imagine how much money they had to spend in order to prove that 60 whatever percent of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like you'd have to buy a lot of Folgers to test that out. Yeah. And that's a lot of money to spend on Folgers to turn around and then spend a lot of money to sue Folgers. But so like, okay, so you're Mr. Smith and you realize that the servings are off. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just buy something else? Well, and aren't all the sizes the same? Like no matter the brand. So like, don't you just have an issue with coffee packaging? Yeah. I don't know. What do I know? I got, I don't have enough time. Also, just go drink some more coffee. You'll be fine. Who's your crazy, stupid idiot? We're going to Italy next. Ooh, I cannot. Fun. This is a story for the ages, and it is gross, but it is true, and you need to know about it. Gross and true. Have you heard of the Italian gynecologist named Ew. Dr. Magic Flute? <laughs> That's not his real name. That uh, is the name tells that me he has been given. That he doesn't actually play the actual flute. No, he is. Um, he is a doctor who has offered his own personal magic flute to his own patients to cure them of certain ailments of the lady parts. Okay, there's why are there pictures? Because this all the way that this unraveled is one of his patients uh, was showing, according to him, was showing evidence of HPV or precancerous. Um, areas and he offered that patient the opportunity to meet him in a hotel room and be cured by his magic flute that patient then called a tv show called lalane and said hey listen this doctor is doing this thing and he's done it to other people and he'll do it to you too so they sent somebody undercover to go see him and he alleged that he had found these certain types of spots on her cervix and he offered the person who was working for this TV show the opportunity to be cured by his magic flute. Okay. And they set up a sting operation and he's been arrested. And he's no longer able to practice. I mean that's probably good. With his magic flute. I don't even I'm not even gonna touch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now when the cops busted him, uh he explained to them that he's doing this for his studies and for all the people that he has saved with his no, magic flute. No, he has reported to thing. have said through his lawyer, I, who have successfully treated hundreds of women for over 40 years, only proposed an alternative treatment that has yielded results. Since the investigation, where is that scientific women, journal study? Right. 15 other women have claimed, uh, have come forward claiming that they were victims of Dr. Magic. Sounds like Dr. Uh, Turnenkoff. Exactly. Who was giving free breast exams. Door to door. Down their pants. Yeah. I just would like to remind you where the breasts are. Yeah. Not there. Not down your pants. When we return on the Colleen Ooh. and Bradley show, our friend Rocco is going to come in and administer Yay! a little game. We like to play that game. It's called the throwback Live. after this on my talk one oh seven one.